You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Shannon Taylor. He is a very passionate runner. It wasn't always that way. Only five years ago, he was 175 kilos. He since had weight loss surgery and, as I said, become quite addicted to running. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I would like to introduce you all to Shan Taylor. Hello, Shannon. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me on. Now, I feel a bit nervous because Shannon's also a podcaster, so he'll know when I'm doing things a bit wrong. <laughs> Not that no, you can it's actually fine. Like, literally, if you don't stuff things up, you're doing better than I am. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, well, we can't really do anything wrong. It's just a chat, isn't it? It is. That's it. It's easy. All right. Well, Shannon has been referred to me by another um, podcast guest that I had recently. So I love this because I get to know new people and make new friends and we get to talk about my favorite thing and usually my guest favorite thing as well, which is running. So yay. Thank you for saying you would come on board. It's very exciting. All right. Let's start with where do you live? Where do you live, Shannon? So I live in the Sunshine Coast in uh the beautiful Queensland, yeah. so great place to run. In a sunny place? It is mm-hmm. beautiful most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, actually, there's been a bit of rain this year, hasn't there? It is, and especially today, like perfect, pl- like, you know, emphasis on that because it's been raining today and I had to run in the rain, but I love that <gasps> these days. So we'll get into that later, but like I do <gasps> love a bit of a rain run. I don't, I love running in the rain, but I hate stepping into the rain, if that makes sense. Like if it starts raining, once I've started running, I'm cool with that. It can even be thunderstorms and lightning. I don't mind. But that stepping into rain, especially if it's raining heavy, like that's starting. It's like that's always hard. Anyway, um, have you grown up there in on the Sunshine Coast? Is that where you? So I, yeah, I originally was born in New South Wales and moved up to Queensland when I was about 13, mm-hmm. but I've literally probably lived in very much the same vicinity for majority of my life. Okay. Um, you know, if you live here and you, you know, the place, you probably understand why, cause not much compares. <laughs> oh, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit biased. Sorry. You know, Tasmania is beautiful, but you know, Sunshine Coast, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a holiday destination for a reason. <laughs> it is. It is beautiful. I think Australians are very parochial about things though. So it's always very tricky to say <laughs> my place is much better than everywhere else. Um, <laughs> yes. And yes, it is beautiful up there. I just spent some time there. It was gorgeous. That's why Tasmanians head that way in winter. Mm. Yeah. Don't yeah. blame them. Don't blame it all. <laughs> <laughs> so at school, so you were in New South Wales to start with. Mm. Um, so your first bit of school was in New South Wales. Can you remember much about sport and things like that when you were mm. at school yeah so like I kind of grew up being a bigger kid um it wasn't so much overweight like mm-hmm. big like I was just a bigger bigger kid um and I remember I played a lot of football and I was quite good at it purely because I was big 
yeah. you know, when you come to rugby league and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, being a bigger kid is kind of like a, a pro mm-hmm. in that area. Um, it wasn't until like I kind of moved to Queensland that I kind of had weight issues and I tried to go back and play football and use it as kind of like a, a way to keep weight off. But yeah, when I was younger, I was quite sporty in the way of rugby league just purely because I was quite good at it. Looking back now, I probably skillfully wasn't very good at it, but I think because I was a bigger kid, I was good at it, it was, you know, it so it was one of those yeah. situations. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's that's awesome. Um, now, did you grow up with brothers and sisters? I did. I, I grew up with a sister who's three years younger than me, and it wasn't, I have a little brother, but he's 13 years younger than me. So he didn't come into the picture till you know, my mum had like a bit of an empty nest syndrome and yeah. came into the picture a little bit later, later well, on. I've got a sister um, who's 18 yeah, years I, younger than me. So oh, wow. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like your mum clearly had empty nest syndrome as well. You know, I, it was actually me. actually my dad on that side. But <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> love it. It is it's awesome. All right, so um, your siblings and you did were they also or your sister was she like sporty as well? Uh, like at well, school, kind of. Like my mum kind of did really reinforce sports. Like you know, my, my sister played hockey and she did a lot of dancing. Mm-hmm. And I played football and then my mom was probably over supportive, you know, yeah. to the point she became one of my referees, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't great for me because, you know, when your mom's a referee, she tries to put the emphasis on, I'm not biased. Uh-huh. And she was really hard on me. Yeah. <laughs> goes like, the opposite. You know, she, yeah. So she was really like, she reinforced physical activity. Um, so yeah, my sister and I both were heavily into that, whether we liked it or not, we yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you moved... Cause it's tricky to move when you're a kid too. Like there's a lot of stuff mm. going on for you. And sometimes sport is the thing that helps the move because you join teams and you make friends and that kind of stuff. But it didn't sound like you found that was the case for you when you moved as a 13 year old. It was like, I moved up here in like, I think it was grade seven. And mm-hmm. you know, that was like the last year of primary school. So it was quite hard because everyone kind of had their friends group and blah, blah. But like the one thing that kind of, put me into a lot of the situations was because I played rugby, you know, I played mm. league and, you know, okay. I was still a little bit bigger when I moved to Queensland, I realized they eat different things because they're all bigger. <laughs> and that's what I put it down to. But like I moved to Queensland, I was no longer the big kid, you know, and I actually had to develop the skills when it came to football to be what? good at it. Um, you know, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother story. But mm-hmm. like, I just felt like when I moved to Queensland, it was like, wow, you guys are huge and you have beards and we're like oh, 13. Wow. What is going on? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so at school, what about when you had to do things like, like for us, we had to do cross country and they made us do, um, you know, athletics and that kind of stuff when we're, especially in high school, was that a compulsory type of stuff at school when you were in high school? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I think in, in, in schools it is in general, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it's so funny. Cause like looking back, I really pushed back against the grain of like, you know, cross country. Mm-hmm. I did it because I was like, you know. I was a goody two shoes and I didn't want to like get in trouble. So like, of course I did it, but um, you know, I never really, even, I think at the only ribbon I ever got at school was in the 1500 meters at school. And it was purely based on, there was four entrants and the third person that came third tripped me over during the race. So he got disqualified and I got the third ribbon. So like, you know, running, I was never a good runner. Um, I was just, I was an eager person. So I was like, I'll do it because I want to be part of something. Yeah. Um, but I was never a standout athlete by any means of the imagination. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I got a ribbon. You know? 
<laughs> All right. You finished school. What yeah. did you do? What did you do just with not talking about sport or anything? What did you do? What did you oh, go on and I do? See, so who I, are I, you? I, who am I? Who yeah, are that's you? a great question. I'm still trying to understand that. But like I left school and, um, you know, fell into the whole, you know, started my own business and doing structural landscaping and you oh, know, cool. tried to live that that white picket fence kind of life, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm very much led by what my mum and my parents kind of assume is the right way. Mm-hmm. So I, I left school and I, I started a business. I, you know, worked really hard to, you know, build, like get a house and, and do all that like generic mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, met a part, had a partner and, you know, we did the whole got married and situation mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of try to live that typical successful life. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lot of people kind of, you know, see as successful. Um, so yeah, I look back on those early days and I'm like, I wish I had lived a little bit more like, and yeah. I'm that kind of person where I'm like, I wish I had just finished school and traveled, yeah. you know, just left and just, you know, went away. Cause I very much left school, fell into kind of like stayed local, tried to just build out like, you know, what people would presume is successful because that was my whole, you know, mm-hmm. my thing. It was like, I, I wanted other others to see success even if I didn't see mm-hmm. it so yeah 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 like as much as I'm, I'm grateful for that financially mm. I'm still like oh you know I look at other people I'm envious of people that like just left left town and you know traveled yeah. and did all this cool stuff because I, I didn't so so it's interesting that you say you know you started your own business like to me that is like that's actually really cool. Like <laughs> I've got five children believe it or not and only one of them is the kind that that does that and he's kind of a bit like that whereas everyone else is like oh they go to school or they do apprenticeship or whatever they just do other things but that um taking all of that responsibility on yourself to you know rather than having a salary or going to to university or or whatever that's a big deal like don't undersell that it is but it very much pushed against the grain of what my parents I guess kind of wanted because they're very much get a job yeah. build a career mm-hmm. and I went well no I, I don't really want to do that because I want to develop something myself and I am very much that person like I'd much rather build something and fail mm. than kind of fail underneath someone else yeah um, I'm very like I, I like to kind of feel like I'm running my own race that yeah. I'm deciding what that race is mm-hmm. um, but yeah it was I, like I'm, I'm very grateful and I've learned a lot by doing that but I guess like anyone looking from the outside in will always look at their situation and be like, well, maybe I could have done things a little bit differently or there's things I didn't do because there's only so many hours in a day, a lot of the time, and you can only do so yeah. much. So 24, no I hear you in life. Sorry. Yeah. 24, 24 hours, hours. <laughs> in the yeah. day. Yeah. Well, sometimes it feels like 10, um, <laughs> you know, depending on how much you do in the day, but it is always like, you can always look back on the situation and be like, Oh, I would have liked to experience this. But it's one of those catch twenty twos, you know. You can yeah. never go back in time. You can only go forwards. You need no. to, and and it all, everything that's happened to us, good and bad, it's the people, the person that you are now is as a result of all of those things, you know. 100%. And so, you kind of, you almost can't say, well, I just really didn't wish that happened. I think I heard an interview even today, um, with a Bali bomb victim and it's like you know if this hadn't happened I wouldn't have all these things I have in my life now you know it's not like they they wish bad things but 
it's like if I wasn't an amputee, I wouldn't have gone on and done all these other things. It's And you just think, wow, it's just, um, you know, the way you can think about how your life has progressed, oh, especially totally. as we get older. And don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful for the things that happen mm. in my life because they've led to some pretty fantastic things. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I could, I very much look at things from an external point of, if I can tell a story that helps people change yeah. their current path mm -hmm. at a point in their time, I'll tell that story, you mm. know, cause I, yeah, I'm very grateful for where I'm at, but I also yeah. could have experienced a lot more if I had have done things differently early yeah. on. You know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not ungrateful that those things happen, but I am very grateful for the things that have happened. So yeah, yeah I like to tell stories from that. a point of view of I am where I am and I'm happy where I am, but I also want to tell my story from a, a place of not kind of saying this is the perfect path mm. and you've got to experience yeah. it from your point of view, but also yeah. from a point of view that you can take lessons from other people's journeys. Yeah. I like that. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, <laughs> so you started your own business and it was a um, landscape. Um, Structural landscaping. Structural yeah. landscaping. Fences. It's pretty much what, what does I that do. mean? Yeah, I try to make it sound <laughs> more fancy than it is. <laughs> well, it sounded yeah, really no, fancy. It's like literally I built fencing and decks and stuff like that. Yeah. I just kind of simplify it now because people go, oh, what's that mean? I'm like, well, yeah. It's just yeah, complicating a, a very simple thing. <laughs> and and do you still do that now? Is that what you? I do. Is that, is yeah, that your day job when you're not podcasting? <laughs> doing yeah, it is. It is. Hopefully not for too long. I am looking to venture out because I'm in that part of my life and we'll kind of delve into that more where I am looking to, I guess, experience more. Um, and I've done something for the same, like for 14 years. So I'm a little bit like, mm, you know, what else is there, yeah. you know? I feel like, like I'm kind next. of stuck a little bit and I mm -hmm. am looking to venture out, but you know, this, yeah. that's life. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Yeah. So obviously this is a podcast about running. Yes. So Shannon, when did you start running as an adult, as opposed to cross country and, and what you were told to do yep. at school? Yeah. Hmm. So that, that's a pretty elaborate story and I, I don't know too much, but like okay. I, obviously I had barraging surgery when I was 30 years old after going through a separation after 10 years of marriage. Yeah. Um, and I had bariatric surgery and went through this whole process of almost self-discovery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I stumbled across this thing called park run. You know, it was, I was kind of going to the gym and I was trying to lose weight that way. And I was like, you know, I wasn't enthused by the gym. The yep. gym for me just wasn't something that I could engage with. And it was mm -hmm. some, wasn't something I could just kind of be like, this is my new forever. Yeah. And I remember with a friend of mine who is now my partner at the time, she was my friend. And we kind of went for this walk and we, we stumbled across these little flags and they said park run. And then we saw these crazy people running around in circles. Like, I don't get it. Why are they running around in circles? I, at that point, I was still the person who was like, why do people run? I don't get it. It seems like a lot of effort for not a lot of value. <laughs> but then, I kind of, I met this part, like I saw this park and I was like, you know what? And I said to my, you know, Alita, who's my partner, how about next week we go, we go and just do it. We're in that point mm -hmm. in our life. We're just like, we, we, we want to just experience things. So we went along to park run. And uh, for me, I kind of, I, as much as I fell in love with running because it was mm -hmm. damn hard and accomplishment was easy to find at that point in time. I fell in love with the community. I fell yeah. in love with like, you know, the vibe of what park run was about. And, you know, as much as I got out there each week and I was trying to accomplish my own goals, I fell in love with that other people were also thriving for my own goals and I was mm. being able to do the same thing with theirs. So like, you know, I was going out each week and, and kind of getting a PBs and so were they. So you were, yeah. you were 
were able to celebrate other people's achievements, your own achievements. And you had this constant with you in your life, which was every Saturday going to park run, running 5Ks and seeing, am I better this week than I was last week? Mm-hmm. And as we all know with running, it escalates. That, it never just stops at like 5Ks, you know? You no. kind of go, oh, well, I've kind of, I'm, I'm hitting this wall of 5Ks and going, wow, I'm, I'm hitting this, you know, PB, you know, sub 20 mm-hmm. minutes, whatever it is. And it's starting to slow down with the accomplishment. So what else is there? And then you venture off to 10Ks. And you go, oh, okay, what else is it? 21Ks, you know, 40Ks. And, you know, for me, it, it, it has very much escalated. But it's almost come to a point now where I've almost started coming backwards um, just because I hit 100Ks. You know, I did the 50 wow. Ultra, which is yeah. like, you know, 50K Black Hole. I don't know if you've heard of it, Black Hole, one, uh, Black Hole 50, which is like a trail event. Um, where I did a 50k ultra and then I ended up doing the 100k ultra, which very much broke me oh. in the best possible way. <laughs> I, ha- I had, um, gone. I, I, I'm sorry, right. I had, um, one of Australia's best ultra runners. What's his name? Anyway, I had him on the podcast and he was saying one of the reasons he loves those really long distances is that it breaks us down and then builds us back up again before you finish the race. You know, those when you're talking about the 100k type of runs, is was that your experience as well? Well, I went into it with the whole, you know, you hear about these people saying, oh, I hit a wall and I, I, I kind of learned so much about myself. And I, I wanted to kind of, because I'd done like 21s and 40s and I'd done a heap of triathlons, new different things. And I'm like, I want to hit this wall. I want to see this mental wall that everyone talks about where they're like, you know, you hit this wall and you push through it and you learn so much about yourself. And I was like, I want to experience Yay. this. And it never came for me. Like it came in a very different way. Like I was doing a hundred Ks and I, I hit a wall, but it was very much like I, you know, had my feet were full of blisters and, you know, I was in a whole world of pain and I could feel the toenails loose in my shoes and, and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't so much for me, oh, I'm going to quit. It was that point never came for me. It was all about, you know, this is going to be a really cool story if I can finish this now. And it was like, I, I stayed severely optimistic, which I learned from that hundred K ultra I'm not the kind of person to ever face, I'm going to quit. Yeah. It's more, I stay very optimistic. And for me, that as much as I crossed that finish line, I, I felt so overwhelmed by, wow, I was in a world of pain for a very long time and didn't, didn't quit on myself. So I felt very like accomplished. But I also learned that like, I have an optimistic mind. So, yeah. you know, I am, you know, challenges going forward, I ought, I now know that if I look for the positive out of that whole situation, I'll continue forward, which, mm. you know, my emphasis on everything when it comes to running and running's taught me this is relentless forward motion. Mm. You know, if you continue to put one foot, foot in front of the other, no matter what's put in front of you, you eventually will get through it. And, um, you know, coming from someone who I did go through a phase of, uh, I'm going to say phase of depression Mm-hmm. Um, it was led on by my diet because I was, I was a very big person and, yeah. you know, it's a very big part of my story. I was almost 200 kilos, 175. I, I do seem to round up, yeah. <laughs> but like I was 175 kilos um, before I had weight loss surgery and I was severely depressed and it was brought on a lot by my dietary, like being mm-hmm. overweight. I went through a separation and I wasn't the person that made that decision to have that separation. So for yeah. me, the depression was brought on by something being taken out of my control. Mm-hmm. And so I, di- I did have depression. So for me, finding running and finding this, um, I, it, I guess, this external optimism from running kind of showed me how if I 
enter into that kind of mental phase in my life going forward, I can lean on that source of optimism. You know, mm. it's not saying like block out the negative and blah, blah, but like, I think with life, we can very much go, this is a shit situation. How can I find that little bit of hope going forward? Yeah, to go for to me, I'm like, you know, no matter what I'm going through now, I can always go, well, it could be worse. And then mm. you lean into that. It could be worse. And then you find a way out of that negative mindset. And that that's what I found from doing something so <laughs> extreme, extreme <laughs> that no matter how bad it got, I could always find that positive of, you know, yes, I have blisters and my feet are on fire and I just feel like I can't take another step. But for me, I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's sick. Like that's going to be, if I can finish this, how epic is that story? How amazing. <laughs> and that how was my amazing optimism throughout that whole thing. As sick and that. as status and external validation as it may sound, that was my optimism throughout that whole thing. So it's funny that you talk, there's a couple of things um, from that, but uh when you talk about optimism back when, when you were feeling, you know, down and, and a bit depressed and, and, you know, you had put a lot of weight on separation and things. Did you find it hard to tap into the op- optimism side? I mean, you must've had it with you because it, you assume it's a part of your personality, not something that's just been triggered by the running, I suppose, what I'm mm. trying to say, your, your optimism oh, was probably and, there, but buried. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that's been emphasized on because when you get to a point where you see no value in your life and you kind of like contemplate that whole Mm. ideology of like, I'm just going to end it all. That Mm. is rock bottom. That is the lowest you can go. So I was a very, I guess, happy and and optimistic person before, but different. Like when you hit rock bottom and you kind of see no value, life looks like, well, you have nothing to lose. Mm. So going forward, it's almost like it changed your scale. And this is going to be like, for some people, I feel like they're going to sit there and go like, this makes no sense to me. But to me, it makes a lot of sense because once you change your scale of like, you know, you found rock bottom and it, there's only up, yeah. optimism seems like the only way forward. And yeah, because you good... don't want to ever get back to that negative mindset of, yeah. you know, like getting to a slump. And I remember like being in that phase of my life where no matter what happened in life, it was negative because mm. I was always looking for the negative. Yeah. And I, I look back on that phase of my life and I was like, I got depressed because mate, I could be given a gold bar and I'd be like, yeah, but it's got yeah. a chip in it. You know, yeah. like I was in that mindset yeah. and now I yeah. look at it and go, well, if I choose never to see the chip in the gold bar and only see the gold bar it's only optimism going forward. Yeah. So I, I, I very much look at my life now and go, I, I enjoy being optimistic. I enjoy seeing the good things in life. I choose not to see the negative stuff because mm-hmm. I know that can lead me down a, a path of just feeling lesser and, and yeah. seeing the negatives, like, mm-hmm. you know, in every situation. And I know some people will be like, yeah, but that feels like you're bottling emotions. Like, yeah, no, but it's not because right. like I choose to move. If I can't fix it in the, in the moment, then I just move past it yeah. because there's no point stewing over it because you're basing yeah. good time on something that can't be changed. Mm. So what's the point in it? You yeah. know, move past it, deal with it. If you can fix it, great. If not, then just keep moving forward. Mm. Like, because life's short, don't waste it on heady yeah. stuff that you can't change. And it, it doesn't really matter what happens in your life. Like, oh, sorry, it doesn't really matter what life you have or who you are. Stuff's going to happen. Like that isn't nice, that not pleasant, like to all of us, like it just, that's life. Yeah. And someone said something to me a few years ago, which made, made it much clearer to me. And I went, oh, that's, that's a good way to put it. And that is that if we didn't have those sort of negative things or the bad things that happen, 
we would have no comparison to what is amazing and what is awesome. It would just be all kind of vanilla, if that makes sense. So you almost need oh, to have a lot, a lot the opposite, things. you know, the good and the bad in life in order to really appreciate when it's great. It's that kind of, I know it's, a, yeah. and, and being able to tie yourself, um, you know, giving yourself experiences, which are amazing, like, you know, completing the um, 100K, that's something that you can, you'll always have and you can, you know, tie a little bow around or whatever and go back to it in your mind when things are feeling crap. It's like, look what I did. I, I remember in my 20s, my first time I ran to work, it was like 21 kilometres. Nobody runs to work, you know. This is like 20s, 60s. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the sun was coming up and that since... And I could see over the mountains and the river. I'm making Tasmania sound beautiful, see? Um, <laughs> I was running into town to work. And and I just, um, it, that sense of empowerment will never leave me. And, you know, just like your 100K, like just realising that if I could take myself this distance, which as far as I anyone else I ever knew at that point had only ever carried, gone that distance in a car or possibly a bike, they'd never done it with their own feet what couldn't I do? You know, and it's that kind yeah. of when you give yourself those experiences, which frankly, most of us, if not all of us could do for ourselves, it, it just, it, it's like stuff you put in your toolbox. You can always bring it out and have a look at it if you need to, when stuff, when things cookie, aren't great. Your cookie jar, you know, the David Goggins jar. quote, the cookie yeah. jar. And they, like, I love talking to runners because I feel like we all have very similar mindsets in a very different way. And I think you're 100% right. As much as I look back on those negative days and the rock bottom moments, I very much have a huge cookie jar these days yeah. through doing 5Ks, mm -hmm. through doing mm -hmm. all these different events. You establish kind of like this really big emotional toolbox or cookie jar mm. of things that you can rely on when shit gets tough, you know? And I yeah. feel like a lot of runners can relate to that because the finish line feeling, you know, those experiences <laughs> and those emotional highs are powerful, you know, emotional. Oh, yeah. I, I always say emotions are the body's energy gel, you know, yeah. as much as we need energy, like these energy gels throughout events, if you delve into those emotions that you feel throughout those moments, that gives you more energy than any energy energy gel is ever going to give you just because yeah. you delve into that and you go, Oh wow, that emotion just gives me so much fuel in that moment. And I, I honestly believe a lot of things I've been able to accomplish throughout my running has been led by these emotions. And, you know, if I, I get to a moment where I'm like, Oh, this hurts, this sucks. I just think about something that I know will give me that energy mm. and you push through it. It's just like the best thing yeah. ever. And, and for me, I, yeah, hundred percent agree. I'm already, there's so many tricks too. It reminds me of, I think I was back in those days listening to Tony Robbins and, and I'm talking about when you were probably in primary school or maybe even not alive yet. <laughs> and there was things like, you know, triggering, uh, you know, having some kind of affirmation about whatever to, they would get you through. Like I'm, I'm doing well or whatever. Actually, I went through a divorce and, and the song I used to listen to was um, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar when I was running up a hill. <laughs> it was like, it usually worked for me. But um, those things were, um, you know, touching a ring or doing something that you can do while you're running that triggers you to think about whatever your affirmation. There's so many tricks that we could, that we can use that, yeah, anyway, that is that are worth it, worth um, Yeah putting you into a different emotion, which is really what I'm, what I'm saying, because yeah, it's tagging no, it off is, your emotion is. thing. It is. And we all have a different gauges of what that is like, you know, it could be something like, you know, pinching yourself to feel a certain pain, yeah, or like change exactly. your vision on it's that trigger. Kind of situation. Mm -hmm. 
you know, but again, I think that delves into what works for me, won't work for others. And that's exactly. something I've always kind of delved on is because I have like my cookie jar of emotions, you know, imagining, you know, in a lot of events, I'm a, we've kind of touched on this a few times, but like, I'm a very much a mama's boy. Like I'm very much led by my mum's happiness is my happiness. And yeah. as much as people may see them be like, oh, what like that works for Yay. me. Like I do really appreciate my mum's opinion of me. So like when I get into like a lot of situations and events and stuff like that, like I've done, you know, half marathons in like one hour and 24. And like for that's a lot amazing. of people that may listen to this, maybe like, well, that's not very fast for me. That's really fast. And that the only really reason I've only been able to do that is purely based on knowing my mum's at the finish line and how proud she will be if I'm proud of myself. Oh. And that's like, that's a huge cookie in my cookie <laughs> jar is just like, you know, her happiness is my happiness. Oh. And, you know, and that, that to me is like, you know, happiness is the, the end goal for everyone. And if you find little things like, you know, it could be someone else, like your wife's happiness is your happiness or mm. your children being proud of you is a huge mm. thing. I don't have children yet. And I'm sure that will be a huge cookie <laughs> in my cookie jar going forward. If I do have children, <laughs> knowing that my kids are proud of me will be, my cookie, you know, yeah. but at the moment, yeah. my mum is that my partner is that, you know, you have these little sources of like motivation through those hard times to keep pushing you forward. And yeah, I think it's, it's a really powerful thing. I, um, I used to say, I'm going to do um, a marathon for each of my kids. So then I had five and then I had a couple of grandchildren. So then I had to do seven and then I got another <laughs> couple of grandchildren. But so my kids have been my motivation too. Also, um, we talk about this sometimes with parents, which is probably something you'll be able to think about in the future. And yeah, that is hopefully. having parents who are, who deliberately go out to do physical exercise, whether your children you know, decide that that's a path they want to choose at the time while they're kids or not is irrelevant because it stuck, it gets put into their toolbox that part of their DNA is, you know, they call my husband and I pretty <laughs> all kinds of silly names sometimes because they see us, you know, running miles and doing whatever we're doing. But we know that they can at any time go and, and use running because they they need it for something, whether they want to lose weight or they're just going through a tough time in their life they've seen us do that and we're part of their DNA. And so to me, it's, it's quite a gift actually to give yeah. to your kids as well. Um, also something just on the, the parent thing. Uh, when I did my first marathon, my father cried. <laughs> he said, you're the first person in all of my family that I know of who's ever done anything like that. And I went, Oh, <laughs> no idea how much <laughs> it was going to affect that. him. No, it was just yeah. really, he was like, yeah, in tears. So that was kind of funny. Anyway, it is. Kind of, it is a big accomplishment. Yeah. I think sometimes like, you know, if you look at it, what is it like 4% of humans have completed a marathon in their yeah. life and, you know, and then that goes down even more if it's ultra marathons and stuff yeah. like that. It's epic for the reasons of, you know, if people, and I, this is something I've established is the people that really do care about you do really care about those things. Yeah. You know, yeah. you care about mm -hmm. them from your own, you know, kind of vain. Personal. Yeah, reasons. achievement thing. Mm. But there's people in your life that, yeah, like it, there's people in your life that honestly do care about that as well. Mm. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I got a thing in my throat. Oh, yeah. That's emotional thing or just like a thing in general. But like, oh, you know, <laughs> the people that really do care about you care about those achievements as much as you do. Absolutely. And I think for me, I, I've really, I've learned to really, I guess, appreciate that. Mm. Um, when I do something and then you see those random people in your life reach out and be like, wow, that's so awesome. Like I, you know, and you can tell they really do value what you've yeah. achieved. 
you can kind of establish those people in your life that do actually care about you because yeah. they really, it's like they didn't achieve it, but they appreciate you achieved it. Yeah. And I think that can yeah. really sometimes sort out the people in your life that do care about you. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, again, your, your dad saying yeah. that clearly is someone that really values your achievements because he lives through those achievements yeah. through you. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's powerful. I love that. It was kind of, it was really cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Tell me, Shannon, what does your running look like now? Like, what are you doing? Are you, you seem to be goal driven. It would, I be right in saying that yeah. like you'll, is it often a race you, you'll see that you want to go and do, or how does that work yeah. for you? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because at the moment for the first time in like, since I lost the weight, you know, I lost like 90 mm-hmm. kilos and I've always been very goal driven as a way of weight loss. Mm-hmm. It's the first point in my life now where it's not so much weight driven mm-hmm. um, and it's not so much event driven. I like, I just did Sunshine Coast Marathon, half marathon. And that was the last event. And I only did that because I was like, I've been running. I like, I run every day. So yeah. like I am a person who runs okay. every day. Yeah. I walk or run or whatever the, I feel is that day's achievement. Mm-hmm. I do it every day. Um, yeah. One, I guess, because yes, I do maybe have that in the back of my head that I don't want to ever put on weight again. So mm-hmm. establishing movement within my current plan of life is what I see other people doing to stay skinny. You know, like mm-hmm. I see a lot of people, you know, who I look at and go, oh, they're, they're skinny, but they have movement in their everyday life. So mm-hmm. for me, I run every day. One, because I actually, I, I enjoy, as much as I enjoy the movement after, I don't mm-hmm. enjoy, like you just said before, like the first steps out the door, especially when it's raining and stuff like that are quite tough, uh-huh. but I almost strive off pushing myself through those moments, mm. you know, like, so like I look at it and I'm like, it is pissing down rain. I really don't want to go out in this. <laughs> I know that if I can push myself into that rain, mm. I will almost be like, go me, like high five to me because that's a minor <laughs> achievement so within that day. It, it is like, it is because I literally like in my very early days of running, when I first started doing 5Ks, I was listening to, you know, people like David Goggins and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. they're like, you know, you need to own your own brain. And mm-hmm. I very much believe that the only reason I've been able to achieve certain things with my athletic ability and blah, blah, is because I've learned to establish that, you know, I own my brain. You know, yeah. like I will be out there and I'll be like, this is tough. And then I'll be like, I want to go slower. Mm-hmm. So I'll deliberately go faster because mm-hmm. I want to know that I own the moments of those mm-hmm. parts of my, you know, my brain. Like, cause it is like my, I've learned through, you know, the 60, 40 rule of you know, David Goggins, when you get to that point of like 40% where you go, oh, I can't go on and you can go more. I remember hitting that stage very early on in my process where I was like, oh, my lungs are on fire. I can't go any harder. And I remember doing that back then. And now I look where I've come and I'm like, well, yeah, no, it was, it was probably less than 40% of what I'm actually capable of. But by doing that constantly, and it's something I still do today. Like if I have a moment where I'm like, oh, I feel weak. I want to ease back. I push through it because I'm like, no, because I want to see what's possible. Yeah. I want to continue to keep thriving forward. And, and because I feel like where I'm at now, as much as I go, it's miles away from where I first once was. I want to see where I can go. Yeah. Like, I want to see, you know, I'm at like one, 160% of where I was when I thought I was at hundred percent. You know, I've continued to keep pushing forward. And I feel like if I keep pushing those boundaries and putting myself in situations like it's raining, I go run in the rain. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, you know, I, I have, you know, I feel tired. I go and go for a run because I want to keep pushing those points of 
comfort to see, you know, because comfort is a, a human instinct. Like we want to be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a difference between being lazy and being comfortable and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So like for me, I'm like, I'm going to go for those runs when it's raining. I'm going to go for those runs when I feel tired. I'm going to make that effort when I don't want to do something because I want to tell my brain, you know, I own you, you don't own me. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like that's not only going to keep me from putting weight back on, it's going to continue to make me thrive as a human mm. being. You know, it's going to make me look at other aspects of life, whether it's career driven or, you know, physical or whatever it is. I'm going to look at different situations in my life and be like, you know what? Like that's tough, but I'm tougher. And that mm. for me is like something I've never really put a lot of like, I guess, emphasis on. And it's something I really want to put a lot of emphasis on going forward. Mm. I love that. I, one thing that I've done in my studies recently about our thoughts and our brain, and that is that because um, it's a lot of what you talked about then is around your thoughts and that, you know, you might think, I don't want to go out in the rain. Like I don't want to go in the rain, but actually your <laughs> thoughts are literally just thoughts. Like there's no, they're not right or wrong. They're just thoughts. And any minute now it could, you would think the opposite of what you thought before. And mostly the things that we think are inane and silly anyway, and come out of left field. Uh, and yet we will, like, if you, if you were to sit down and note down all the thoughts that you had in an hour, you, you would be like, what, why did I think about that color of that, you know, whatever. And, and why did I care about what somebody said, but, you know, yeah. It, and yet we will hold on to thoughts sometimes and make it gospel. And, and actually it's just a thought totally. It's not right. It's not wrong. You know, it has no, none of that attached to it. We attach all of that to it when we don't have to attach any of it to it, which is basically what you were, were saying. Yeah. So, <laughs> you yeah. If you can get that out of my ramble, PS, like I am a very oh, external no. thinker. So very if I good. think it, I say it. And mm. like when I talk in situations like this, I ramble a lot because I'm like, I thought this, I'm going to go this way. And then, you know, so if you can pull a little bit of something from oh, what I say. I love what you said. Every every bit of that, every bit of that is all <laughs> okay. very, very relevant to this conversation. Yeah. I love it. So with your running, um, consistency is king, it seems to me, for, yeah. for you. Like that's the story you've told mm -hmm. yourself and, and that's good um, because it keeps you going and it keeps you getting out the door and achieving new things all of the time. Is there a limit to that, do you feel? Like, do you see something in the horizon? What kind of limit is there? Like, or how will you change it up so that you do, you know, how you were doing 5Ks and now you're doing ultras yeah. and then, you know, you do road, then you do trail, you do triathlons. <laughs> you do, like, yeah. is, there, is there a physical limit or is it a mental thing? I'm, I'm asking for a friend. That's a like, great question. Me, actually. Yeah, that is a great <laughs> question. I feel like asking a runner or someone in this world, that question is like, wow, I don't know. Is there? But like for me, I think, no. Like I feel like the exciting part of this whole process is knowing there is no limit. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel like if I, like I, I like, I don't want to go too far in it, but like, you know, I've done hundred K ultras and blah, blah, but I've also done like, you know, I got on a push bike one day and said, I'm going to ride to Sydney from Sunshine Coast, which is like a thousand kilometers in like five course, days. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I drove I just, that I actually love... a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> just... Oh, you did? And it's tiring, right? I felt like it was less tiring on a push bike than it was oh in a gosh. car. But like, I just <laughs> love, like, I want to ride around Australia. Like I want to do this stuff and like they're big goals. Yeah. And I understand from yep. doing, you know, the hundred K ultra and riding to, you know, Sydney 
that these things aren't things I can just all of a sudden one day say, I'm going to do. Yeah. I actually do need to put training in yeah. <laughs> because even like, that's the big lesson I took away from the hundred K ultra is before I did a hundred Ks, I had only ever done 50 Ks. Wow. And my leading into that, that event was I was doing 21 Ks on the weekend. You know, I was running like five Ks or 10 Ks, yeah. but I wasn't really doing the appropriate training leading into that. Yeah. And then yes, I achieved it and I finished it probably not in the time I wanted. I think it took me 15 hours or something like that when I had a goal of like 12 hours, like, cause it literally got to a point where I was like, I felt like I was walking on glass towards the end, but I learned from that experience that yes, it's one thing to achieve it, but it's a different thing to achieve it in a healthy way. Yeah. So, cause yeah. I finished that and I, I had severe, like, you know, my, my, my shins were just, I was in a wheelchair for like a week after doing that 100k ultra. Like I pushed myself (laughs) to my physical limits and beyond. And I realized Mm -hmm. my mental, like my mental is very strong Mm. to the point that my physical can't keep up. And so like I finished that and I was in a wheelchair and I, and I end up having like, um, I tore my, uh, my, uh, what is it? Not calf. Yeah. Calf. Yeah. I think it's my calf. And I I was, I end up, no, you're not calf. Is it on the back of your leg? Calf. Isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I had a calf tear purely because I overdid it. So yeah. like I, I got over the wheelchair and, you know, my, my shin splints and different things like that. And then I went out and ran and I tore my calf and then I was sidelined for quite a bit after that. And I said, as much as achieving this stuff is epic and I love achieving all this stuff. I also enjoy the daily movement so mm. much that I don't want to keep pushing my body to an extent that it sidelines me for a large period mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. So I really need to be more responsible, mm-hmm. <laughs> very, uh, you know, I don't like that word, but like, I do need to be more responsible to the point that like, I enjoy going out and running and listening to podcasts and I enjoy my daily movement and, you know, that kind of part of my life that I don't want to continue to put myself in situations where it sidelines me for large period of times. So yes, I want to achieve epic stuff. Like, you know, the sky's the limit. Like, you know, I would love to run around the world if it was physical, possibly for me, like, I would love to do that. And, you know, financially possible, for me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, for me, I, there's a, there's a line I've found of, I want to achieve stuff when it's physically achievable to the point where I'm in a wheelchair for a week, not sidelined for four months. You know what yeah. I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't want to push my body to the point where I'm sidelined for a large period of time, like short period. That's understandable because I'm pretty sure you can't run an ultra and be like, skippity skip the next day you know it's kind of not a thing but so like let's get, get rid of those stairs don't put those stairs in front of me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so yes um for me I, there's i've almost ran out of things now like i want to do iron man and stuff like mm-hmm. that that's definitely on my list but i understand it's not going to be something i'm going to do tomorrow because also it's one thing for me to achieve something it's one another thing for me to achieve it in what i want to do you know, I don't want to just go out and cross a finish line with a lot of things. I want to go out there and achieve things and be like, I did the best I could do in that time frame. Mm-hmm. So like, I kind of do put a lot of time pressures on myself with events and stuff. Like, you know, if I go to an okay. Ironman, I want to do it in like 10, 11 hours yep. and stuff like that. Like, I don't want to go out there and just limp across the line mm-hmm. um, because I want to know that I put as much time and effort into that situation as I can. So yeah. Yeah. That's that's a very hard question to ask. <laughs> there's so many things to unpack so, in like a short bit. Yeah. Well, one of the things we talk about quite a lot on the podcast is identity and how what we yeah. think about, like, do you call yourself a runner, for example? I yep. or when do you think you first called yourself a runner, Shannon? I, I struggle with that, to be honest. Mm. And like I struggle with more now, people calling me an athlete. I mm-hmm. really do struggle with that because oh, coming from an identity where I was overweight and bigger and blah, blah. 
I didn't, I, it's not so much I struggled with being called it. I just felt like I didn't deserve it. Okay. And like with runner, I, I like, I was running, I think I, the first time I actually kind of posted on Instagram was like, I'm a runner now was when I went under 20 minutes, which it sounds wow. weird, but like, for me, I was like, okay, I deserve to call myself this. And even with athlete now, it's like, I went and did like uh, this race, the rule event where like you run around and around in circles for like, you know, a heap of laps. And then it's kind of like last man standing situation. Mm -hmm. And I remember I crossed the finish line and like, I was the first one to cross on one of the laps. And then they were like, oh, you know, the athletes are coming through. And then, although what they call it, the elite athletes are coming through. Yeah. And I finished and I was like, whoa, like I looked behind me kind of like, no. And then my partner was like, just got called an elite athlete. And I felt so awkward about it because I'm like, no, but I'm not. I feel like I don't deserve that title. And it's just so funny how you write, like that personal perception of yourself is, yeah, like I'm definitely not an elite athlete. You know, I work very hard and I, I push myself really hard, but I just feel like, yeah, for me, that identity doesn't suit who I am yet. Athlete, yeah. yes, 100%. Like I feel like I'm an athlete because I put mm -hmm. in the work to deserve that title. But I just feel like when I got called a lead athlete, I was like, oh, no, that's uh, not right. On. As much as, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I think you got me mistaken with the guy behind me. But like, you know, there was a photo that came out after that event and I was running with people that are sponsored athletes. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. They are getting paid to do Ironman and stuff like that. And I was running with them and I was like, it was really hard for my mind to be like, am I? No, am I? You know, hopefully one day I will get there and I'm excited for that day. But at this point, I'm like happy just to accept the personal vision of myself as just being an athlete because that would have been something that I once once upon a time would never have thought could even be a possibility and for me I'm like I feel like I deserve that title as being an athlete being an elite athlete it's something is a goal list yeah to be like you know sub hour or you know hour 10 minute for half marathon or something like that yeah I'd love that but like hour 24 I feel like I don't deserve that just yet just yet <laughs> but it's so, a yes. goal identity is a huge thing yeah, it, it, is, is it, it, it is a goal and yeah, and I'll I thrive for it. There's something about that having an identity around something that actually could be taken away and how we would deal with that too, we sometimes talk about, which gets a little bit yeah. challenging for yeah. most of us. Like the idea, okay, like you said, you couldn't run for a little while and and how you deal with yeah. that. It's like, geez, um, hold on. <laughs> and yeah. I think you've already answered it though, like in that in order to combat that, possibility happening you've done everything you can and that is by training more training more sensibly you know not making sure now or at least that's what you said you're you're gonna not enter a race unless you know that you're you know pretty well trained for it as opposed to yeah, yeah. you know what you what you said you'd done for the hundred um yeah and therefore not injure yourself in a way that would make you not be able to run for a long time and I know you're getting out like, cause obviously I, it is always a concern. Like what if I get injured and I can't do what I do tomorrow. And I yeah. think because like I've had phases and I'll kind of touch on it. Like, so I, like I got hit by a car mm -hmm. probably three years ago where I was out on a training ride and I got taken Ouch. out by a car, um, you know, and I was sidelined for ages. I had huge hematoma and different things. Ooh. And I was sidelined from that. And then mm -hmm. having to be at a physical, what I thought at the time was like, you know, my physical ultimate and then being sidelined and losing my fitness and then having to retrain back up to what I was at. Mm. And it takes me six months. Wow. And then I had the calf tear and then mm -hmm. that put me back down and then I had to rebuild back up. It's something, you know, I read the book Atomic Habits and it mm -hmm. hugely played into kind of what my mindset's now. 
yes, I'm going to face challenges. Like I could, I could literally run out and tear my calf, you know, yeah. I could not do the right stuff and I could overdo it or something mm. like that, or something good. I get an injury, but I've come to understand and appreciate that. Yes, I can have setbacks, but I almost need to accept that setback and then look at atomic habits, you know, small steps each day mm. to eventually mm-hmm. get back there. Like mm. I'm not going to become an elite athlete tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No way in the world am I going to come that tomorrow. But mm-hmm. I understand if I continue to put in the effort each day, these mm-hmm. small little changes, you know, whether it's dietary, whether it's the movement I'm putting in each day, whether it's strength training, you know, if I'm putting in the effort, eventually you will get to the point that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. But you have to put in that effort each and every day. And that's mm-hmm. something through having these setbacks and having these like backwards motions within my own process, I've, I've come to appreciate and almost accept that it's just the way of life. You know, like mm. you said before, life's hard, buy yeah. a helmet. Like that's just <laughs> my figures. Like life is freaking hard, buy yourself a helmet. Because if you expect life to be easy, it's going to be even harder. Yeah. Like, so I've you'll, come to you'll get a surprise. <laughs> you'll get a lot of surprises. It is as soon as you feel like life's getting easy, it throws you a curveball. Exactly. But if you only just go through life with the kind of perspective that, every corner like every day could have a new surprise mm. you almost just go you're ready for it you know yeah. throw it at me what do you got yeah. like let's let's roll with it like yeah. and i feel like that's kind of where i'm getting at now because i've had a lot of phases where i've just been set back set back set back set back yeah that just like i'm ready for it you know mm. if it happens it happens but i'm just gonna keep moving forward mm. relentless forward motion it's like i love all of my life <laughs> i love that i love that thing that's awesome yeah. um yeah. For, for me i try i mean yes i'm a runner but I try and think of my identity as being someone who likes to be fit. Cause I think, you know, even if, you know, something happened, I couldn't run anymore. I would attempt to do other things (laughs) (laughs) that I could move as long as I could move or whatever, then, then I would, would do that. And that's kind of important for me to, to have that in my head, which tends leads me on to this next question, which is how long do you think, well, you said athlete rather than runner. So how long do you think you'll be an athlete for in your life? not elite athlete uh, like so no you can replace athlete, it with running <laughs> I, i'm pretty happy to be like i literally had this conversation yesterday because i was like on a bit of a twitter space and i was talking about how i've got to a point in my journey where i really i don't feel like my fitness ever holds me back so like mm-hmm. i can go out and go to a park run and be the 20 minute pacer yeah. i can go out and run with anyone and chat to them you know, like that has always been a big thing for me. Like, you know, how many times you go out and run with someone and you're like, I can't chat, you know, it's too hard. <laughs> like I've got to a point now where I feel like there's nothing in life that I can achieve or do based on becoming more fit. Like yeah. the fitness I have now, my cardiovascular is really good. So yeah. I can go out and I can run and talk to everyone. I can literally, I did a run yesterday where I was on a Twitter, Twitter space for an hour and a half. And I think <laughs> you can figure out by now I can talk underwater. So like being able to run... And talk is a big part of who I am because I like to be able yeah. to chat to people and, you know, communicate what I feel in that moment. And I just feel like for me, I'm happy to be an athlete forever, yeah. but I never yeah. achieve like, you know, the big, well, I think there's a saying and it's literally like, if you enjoy the journey, the destination doesn't seem mm. so bright. Yeah. And for me, I'm happy to be an athlete forever. You know, yeah. I'm happy to take a couple of steps back and become mm-hmm. a runner again, you know, mm-hmm. and then deserve that title in my own head mm-hmm. of becoming an athlete again. Yeah. For me, I'm just chasing the feeling of happiness. And mm-hmm. that is literally whether I'm an athlete or whether I'm a runner, if the, the things I'm facing in life are not taken away from me because of my fitness capabilities, I'm happy. 
you know, like mm. if I can have kids and run around with my kids, if I can, yep. you know, go do a 5k ultra, a 5k run tomorrow with a friend because he mm. needs support throughout that event. Yeah. I'm happy if I can yeah. go and do, you know, that was literally the reason I did my hundred K ultra is because one of my friends did the 50 K ultra and she felt like she didn't achieve what she wanted to, but she wanted a training party buddy for the next year <laughs> because she wanted to go back for a redemption run. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do the 50 again. Cause that really sucked. So I'm going to do the hundred instead, but I'll train with you. And that was kind of the main reason I did it is because I wanted to train with her in order for her to do the 50 again. Yeah. But I was like, I couldn't do it again because I just knew how much it sucked. And I finished the 50 being like, I'm never going to do this again. And I'm like, you know what? Next year I'll do the 100 instead because that's better. Because right? that's what it's you do. Same thing. Yeah, let's do double. Same, same, different. <laughs> yeah. I know, do, do, you, do you train a lot with other people? Like you often, obviously quite social. Like do you, mm. do you find that you train a lot with other people? Not so much these days, just because I think I'm like, not a lot of people want to go up at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, <laughs> so I find okay. Like I run pretty early in the morning. Yeah. So like I usually get up about, well, lately, lately I've been getting up about 2.30, heading out of my run at 3.30. I thrive off seeing the day start. So this is going to sound like a bit, I guess, hippie, <laughs> but like no, something it. about for me. So like I head out so early in the morning that there's no one around. And like yeah. on the Sunshine Coast, if you run at like three o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, you're lucky to see a person. So you can run down the middle of the road. You know, no one's around. I yeah. love that. And then being able to finish my run, because usually I do a couple of hours in the morning and finish my run and the sun's starting to come up and seeing people wake and the world start to like kind of yeah. start to thrive. I love that. It's almost like, for me, the victory some days is knowing I was up before everyone else, mm. you know, like I'm getting the extra value out of that yeah. day. Um, I, I just think for me, I've really established the most valuable asset in life is time. And if I can gain yeah. an extra hour per day yeah. of everyone else, I'm winning. I'm the most wealthy person there is. You know what I mean? Like in because no one else is up. So what, what time do you have to go to o'clock. sleep? I was going to say eight o'clock. <laughs> yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah. Like most nights it's eight, eight 30. If I get to nine o'clock, I'm like, wow, I am young and hip. Oh, go you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So I I don't train with a lot of people, but if I get an opportunity, like I I go to an event, mainly I do events these days just to be around people. Um, Mm. I do a lot with like, uh, I'm part of like this thing called Steppen and it's kind of like a a web three thing. I won't delve into it too much Mm because that's a whole nother thing, but like it's the big community based thing, park runs. Um, Yeah. I love to be around people. It's just for me. Yeah. It's just, I like to almost have it as my own time to um, almost like my therapy. Like have, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a little bit ADHD. So like mm-hmm. I'm very, like my brain moves very fast and having that time in the morning to just kind of focus myself is mm-hmm. good for me. I found mm-hmm. like it almost gives me a little bit more time to streamline the day going forward mm-hmm. rather than feeling like I'm waking up on the back foot. And did you say you listen to podcasts like, do you always listen to stuff or is it just sometimes you do and sometimes you don't? It's when always listening to something, mm-hmm. whether I'm, if it's a podcast or an audiobook, like David Goggins, I've listened to like 10 times, uh, Ross Edgley, probably 15 times, you know, all these yeah. books that like, you know, the, the atomic habits, like I love that stuff because it teaches me something. Um, I am usually, yeah, podcasts, uh, music. If I'm really wanting mm-hmm. to like push myself, I'll put music in. I do a lot of Twitter spaces and stuff like that um, where I jump on with like people who want to talk about a certain subject and just listen to them. And, you know, it's kind of like a, yeah, a weird podcast in a degree because it's live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like to almost use that time to further myself, not just physically, but mentally and like kind mm-hmm. of maybe even learn something because yeah. I've learned I'm 34 years old and there's a lot in this world yeah, I don't baby. know. <laughs> I say call yeah, it, um, but, but it's, 
like my mobile university because I'm I I yeah. do both like the the not listening and listening but it it'll often be something that inspires me to get out like oh I've got to listen to that book or whatever like, I've got atomic habits <laughs> I've got to listen yeah. to it um or, or a podcast update or something and the only time I'm going to get to do that is if I go for a run and so that will be my sort of motivation to get out the door as well so that also helps as a motivator for me <laughs> yeah it is it's almost like you time yeah getting out there and yeah I yeah. feel like a lot of um I think I, I'm preparing myself for fatherhood or something you know being able to like have that time to yourself and you yeah. know kind of because I find that having that time makes me give more to the people around mm. me just because you know I just feel like it kind of gives me me time to give mm. other people their time yeah and um I think that's really important in life. I think sometimes life's very fast. It if you don't give yourself fast. that time, yeah. it overwhelms you and then you just don't really give a lot to anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You blink and, and you're 53 like me. It's like time's just like, <laughs> well. Man, I'm pretty sure I was 12 yesterday. So just I don't know. It goes I like that. that. It's madness. Yeah, um, how long ago was it you started running? I know we've talked a lot about your running and, and your weight loss surgery. Yeah briefly touched on that. How long ago was it that you actually started? Or so you it would have been about four and a half years ago. So I had weight loss surgery about wow. five years ago mm-hmm. um, and I'd lost 60 kilos. And then I kind of started delving into going to the gym and running on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't like the gym. I don't mm-hmm. know how people go to the gym. I just feel like I like to be able to just walk out my front door yeah. and away I go, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't have to go somewhere and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So probably about four and a half years I discovered park run and yeah, I don't think I've missed many days since, to be honest, because I am wow. a very addictive personality. I think I've found something that I actually enjoy being addicted to. Mm-hmm. And it's like four and a half years later, and I'm like almost like going, it, like you just said, I've re-identified. I, this yeah. is me now. And yeah. I feel like that, that's what I want. So it's great. So um, I, I mean, you're on this podcast because somebody else referred you. But mm. you've you've taken that story or your story on and you're helping other people as well so tell us a little bit about that yeah so mike recommended me a great guy by the way um he's obviously in the the same world as me with the bariatric surgery um but yeah so for me i think there came a point obviously where i talked about with the very dark moments where Mm. i kind of saw no you know no reason for me but i wanted to share that message because i felt like i didn't really hear anyone else talking about it and i was in a point in my life where i was like I felt super vulnerable and I didn't feel like anyone else was being vulnerable. And because I've led forward with, I've become now very externally vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of my thing now is I just don't really care what others feel as long as like, if I share my vulnerable side and other people yeah. judge me for that, that says more about them than, them, than yeah. it does about me. Totally. But I also know I was looking for me when I was in those dark times, I was mm. looking for someone who shared the vulnerabilities for me to kind of find a way out. Yeah. So yes, we've got like, I've, you know, I do it more because it, it helps me kind of vent my own feelings that are also in the hopes that it helps someone else. So mm. we've gone on to like, do like I've done, I did Instagram for like a couple of years, but that's very, I found Instagram very vain and doesn't really give a mm-hmm. realistic approach to life. Um, and I enjoy the community aspect of Instagram, but I don't enjoy like the, here's a photo of me. Yeah. I have it's apps, very visual. You know, like I don't enjoy that <laughs> kind like... of, it is very <laughs> visual. So yeah. we went on to like me and my partner, cause she had barrack surgery as well. And I met her probably about six months, like just before the running thing. 
um, after surgery and we've gone on now to do a podcast together. So we've done yeah. it for a couple of years now where we sit down and we talk to someone within the weight loss world who's had bariatric surgery and we just get to know more about them because I feel like everyone has their own lessons to teach. Um, yeah. You just got to be willing to listen. And it's something I've really valued about mm. doing that. And I feel like we get a lot of people that are like, you know, like someone shares their story and I'm like, oh, I got this from it. But then someone else will listen to it and go, I got this from Something it. Else, and, you know, yeah. and I feel like for me, as much as I'm sharing my story, I really want to keep continuing forward to share other people's stories. And I feel mm. like you'd be the same. And that's why you do a podcast because oh, totally. you understand everyone has their their little facts they can share that will have someone. You know how when you first start running... <laughs> You're still, you probably can still, you're like, maybe still like this, but when, when you first start running, it was like, you're so like running, you just become like a running Nazi. Everything's running, running this, running that. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I was like. And probably still am a bit. Anyway, um, I remember finishing races because we used to be in a running club, uh, still am, uh, all winter, every Saturday running handicap races, but I'd finish a race and I'd turn around and I'd look at all the people finishing and it's like, oh my gosh, every single one of these people has a different story about the same run that we all just did. And to me, that was like mind blowing. I was like, we've got to capture mm -hmm. all these. And so maybe that's where the podcast comes from a bit in that it was that kind of just excitement that we different all had these different different stories yeah. about the same run and and they all kind of had some kind of positive edge to it too because they were full of endorphins when they crossed yeah. the line. It's like, yeah. Run is high. That's the best right. Thing in the world. I finished. Yeah. Yay. I love it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> so tell me, Shannon, this it seems like a ridiculous question when you hear stories like yours, but if you hadn't started running, how do you think your life would, would be? Like what's, mm. what's running really given you, do you think? It's, yeah, that's a very good, you got some good questions. You really can good. steal them. Um, <laughs> you I, can use them in no, your podcast. No, but I feel like, yeah, <laughs> sure but like, I feel it. like running has established a lot of things for me. You know, I think going through those points in my life where like, you know, you have the downs and then you have to rebuild up. It teaches you a lot. Um, You know, being mm -hmm. able to, you know, push yourself to a limit and feel like that's your limit. And then, you know, working really hard and then pushing through those limits. You know, for me, I feel like, yeah, I would hate to think where I would be without running because I feel mm. like running has brought me so much value to myself and my own understanding of who I am. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a fantastic question because I just feel like I could have, for me at the time, it was very much around weight loss. At the very start, it was about weight loss, keeping yeah. weight off, blah, blah, blah. But it's led to so much more. And I just go, I tried to go back to football. And I would just, and are too old now and things hurt too much when you play football. Um, but I just don't know where I would have been without running. Cause even now I'm like, I try to venture off to do other things and it just doesn't have the same thing as running does. But mm -hmm. running, it just seems to be like, I do a lot of cycling and stuff like that. And I've done a lot of swimming. I can't get among swimming just FYI. I really don't like swimming, but like <laughs> even cycling, I, I enjoy cycling and I really do enjoy it. But I guess when I get off a bike, unless I've really hit some hills hard, I never feel that feeling of that sense of accomplishment. Like I do with running. Like I feel like every yeah. time I finish a run, you know, you get home, you sit down for a second mm. and the blood's pumping and you're just like, even if it wasn't a hard run, like you've gone mm. out and you've gone, you know, you're, you're 140 heart rate, you know, like quite low in the anaerobic state, uh, your aerobic state. And you still get home and you like, you're sweating and you're like, Oh, I did that. You know, go me. Like cycling doesn't bring me out. So yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, Running came to me at the right point in time and I just couldn't imagine my life without it. And I, I if I could find something else, I, I would, but 
I just don't, I can't imagine my head without running what else I would do. I've got my I brain think, boggled think, then when you ask that. I think running is one of those kind of sports. Um, I'm sure I've read stats somewhere about it um, using, you know, so many of our muscles and, and things compared to any other sport. I think there was a couple of others, maybe like cross-country skiing or something, but there was a couple <laughs> of other things. But but running is is something that uses more of our, our body um, yeah. than anything else that we can do. And it's just efficient. Like my husband's six foot four. He used to be a rower, an elite rower. And he hated running because running was the thing that they made them do when they were in the off season. And they were always like full of testosterone and it was never just going for a run. It was, you got to throw up. <laughs> it's, you know, it's got to be those, yeah. that kind of run. It was always really hard. So he always hated it, but it, but now he will run. Um, he's he's got an episode of the podcast called The Reluctant Runner. So he will run. He does run with me. but um, And he does it, though, because he says he thinks it's the most efficient. Like, because he, he's a big bloke. And, yeah. I mean, you saw him coming. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so he thinks it's the most efficient. And that's one of the reasons, because it does cross, you know, uses so many muscles. And, and for the amount of time that you're out there, it's uh, it's really good for for keeping you healthy and, and you know, at a, a good weight and yeah. all that kind of stuff so well, the, 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 that was cycling like you know i could be out there for four hours and i'd just be like or even swimming like mm. you know you'd be out there for an hour or so and you just never felt like you got that full value for that yeah. time and Bang I think for that, I, i'm kind of realizing <laughs> as i talk to you i think my emphasis is always around like time because as yeah. we said before, time is the most valuable asset and yeah. i'm like i can get the most bang for buck out of my time by running yeah, that's why I value yeah. it. it. Sounds like that's yeah. why you yeah. part of values as I think well. So. So. I yeah, really appreciate that. It's also um to me, running is just we're all built to do it. Pretty much all of us. Obviously, there's a few people, not so much, but it's one foot in front. It's very simple. It's one foot in front of the other. We either became prey or we didn't eat any food. <laughs> you know, our genetic ancestors. Um, if we didn't, you know, running was a big part of of. Yeah. Uh, survival so Natural. it's just part of it i love it obviously i'm a bit i'm a bit um no way um another fun fact about running is that our neuroscience now has shown that what goes on in our minds is pretty similar to what happens to people when they're uh doing yoga and meditating what's going on the neural pathways and things that are being created is quite similar when you're running so you can wow. actually be kind of like in this meditative kind of state, which I'm sure you feel at three o'clock in the morning. Quite yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're spending an hour in your own head, you kind of sometimes yeah. go to places of blankness, which is really yeah. strange for me because I'm pretty active in the mind. But uh, yeah, you do go to those like, eh, I'm just going to wander off for a second and just keep yeah. running. Well, <laughs> so yeah, I can totally. One of the things I encourage people to do is it, it, to encourage those mindful moments while you're running is to rather than concentrating on all those thoughts, those millions of thoughts is to concentrate on your environment, where you are, what your body's doing, you know, just focus on something, whether it's, you know, what smell you can smell for that moment. And it will just bring you to that present moment right there and then, and give you just a little bit of relief from those millions of thoughts that we all have. I think that's why I fell in love with trail running for that at the same yeah, thing. Cause I no, just felt like gotta I, focus, don't you? I let, yeah, I let the trail mm. decide how fast I was going and I took in the environment. Mm. Well, I feel like road running is very much white line, white line, white line, white line, yeah. squirrel, you know, like yeah. 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 Kinda, you kind of get that very, where with trail, I just feel like I was going a lot slower and taking a lot more in and appreciating my surroundings a lot more. Yeah, so, I think that's why I like trail. 
I prefer yeah. to, like, if I had a choice, I would probably do trail all the yeah, time. Yeah, if I, yeah. If I was going on a social run, I would choose trail over road. Yeah. I do road because it's just easier. But, yeah. like, trails, this, you know, especially if I could change it up every time, trails are beautiful. Like, this, I've ran some really beautiful trails, and I'm just like, I feel like you get to really appreciate your surroundings a lot more. On Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Shannon, before we wrap up, there's two more questions I'd like to ask you. One is very open-ended, and that is, okay. is there anything about running in particular that we haven't talked about that you would like to share? Hmm, good question. Um, no, I think I've pretty elaborated on a lot of things. I think for me, I, I, the thing I'd like to try and focus on these days, so obviously running for a lot of people can be very consuming like especially like you know if you think about when you say park run mm -hmm. people get scared off and they're like oh run so i try and emphasize these days a run for me is like you know four minute pace or whatever blah it is yeah. but like someone just setting out don't look at running as like oh like i've got to run no you can walk you can get the same kind of effect that we talk about with walking or jogging mm. or you know those very you know things that you might go oh but i can walk yeah but do it for a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And the next mm -hmm. time do it a little bit faster and a little bit faster. So mm. for me, I think with running, as much as we emphasize on the aspect of running, you know, a walk could just be someone's running, you know, mm -hmm. or a, a, you know, a slight jog or whatever it is. I think for me, I think sometimes we can get really over, uh, overly consumed with running. And then there's a lot of people that could get the benefits of running, but they choose not to because running's kind of got this like whole negative thing of like oh but it's hard yeah but <laughs> you'll get there eventually you know so and i don't know yeah. for me i just yeah i try and i just reinforce the idea of like yeah my running is my running your running could look very differently exactly so, i love yeah. that and then time yeah. you know that's a goal that you're after but people don't you don't have to have any goal that you just go out for a run and you know or, or run running. slash we're, walk that doesn't have we're to, all like, chasing our own yeah, goals exactly that's, that's exactly right yeah yeah, so, yeah. i love it <laughs> all right now again i have really appreciated um the time we could go on for another hour and a half oh, very easily i'm sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> i know we could um but we can't so well maybe we'll come back again another time uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> do some more then before you go though i would love some tips for beginner runners so i assume yeah. you get a bit of that anyway in, in your mm. sideline hobby podcast uh, inspirational type of stuff that you are yeah. giving these kind of things out all the time. So it won't be a hard question for you. Oh, it, 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 it depends what day it is, but yes, a hundred percent. Like I, I feel like whenever I talk to someone who, like we just talked about, like they go running, I'm not a runner. Mm -hmm. I say to them, just start small. You know, I think sometimes as entering into the running world, we can make it a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. Like you don't have to run 5Ks. You don't have to mm -hmm. run 1K. You could literally just run around the block or mm -hmm. walk around the block. Whatever yeah. your, I always say, push your hard today because yeah. my hard five years ago is a lot different to my hard today. Yeah. But if you're willing to go out there and your hard today is going around the block, then it's going around the block two times. You'll be surprised how far you can get because mm. in this current world, we're very based around instant gratification Mm -hmm. And we're very based around like, we want to be at the top of Mount Everest tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But if you look at anyone within the running world or anyone who's achieved anything, they didn't get there overnight. And no. I think sometimes in this current world, we can kind of get lost in, no, we want it tomorrow, but you need to appreciate, like we said before, the journey, because then the destination is just kind of a, a, 
something you're going to work mm. towards because the journey mm. can be very freaking long. And if you can learn to appreciate it and just take one step at a time, eventually you get there. And also don't overdo it. That's my huge tip is like, we go out there and we scar ourselves because we go and try and run 5Ks and we never ran yeah. 100 meters. Yeah. And then we're really, really sore. And we're like, well, that was horrible. So yeah. don't overdo don't, it. Don't like, do it. Just again, start then. small. <laughs> no, start mm. small and work into it. Like just one step at a day, one day at a day. You got life's long and just treat it like it's long. You know, mm. it can be very short, but like there's a lot of days in a lifetime. And if you've got a goal, just keep keep plugging away at it. Mm. Just, you know, don't overwhelm yourself with it. Otherwise you'll get carried away and then you will never want to do it again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the stories I've told on here is that I I was a hundred kilos or basically when I, and I'm what, five foot, six and a half, <laughs> almost five foot seven. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I, after I'd had my second child, and within a few weeks, I started running and I haven't stopped. So she's now 28. Um, I had did run as a child. So it did make me think, oh, I know what I can do. I can run, you know, so <laughs> had this thing in my head. Um, but I I ran every day, um, whether I had a cold, I, this is not necessarily a recommendation, but I ran every day, irrelevant of what was going on for that first year or so, um, even if it was only 100 metres, like, I'm not saying that I you know, went out and ran 2Ks, 5K or whatever every day, but I went and did it every day, no matter what. It was that kind of, which I think sounds like the personality that you have yeah, as well. Consistency. Like, Going to do it every day. Consistency is one of the main pillars. Yeah. yeah. Consistency is one of the main pillars to success. Commit 100%. to yourself. I think it's 100%. a big thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's my little weight loss running story. Um, and, and consistency. Cause I think that was, that was a big part of it. If I hadn't, um, been consistent, yeah, I just would be on the treadmill, but not literally <laughs> like <laughs> on, on all the time. Like everyone else seems to anyway, Shannon, you're amazing. You really have, um, filled up this time with amazing stories and, and inspiration. And I know that people are going to take a lot from it. So I do appreciate you sharing some of your awesomeness with us. So thank you. No, thank, thank you for having me. And I hope, uh, yeah, I didn't ramble too much. I really need to find a more streamlined way to tell my story because I, as more happens, it gets harder and harder to tell it in a streamlined version because I just get carried away and all over the place. But no, thank you. Uh, absolute pleasure to be on with you. And when you, when you get to my age, you'll have even more stories. It <laughs> all works. All right. Take care and thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.